you're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and on today's episode, Matt and I interview two very special guests. We have Heidi Reynolds, Matt's wife, and Harriet Watson, wife of Firebrand lead editor David Watson. Today, we're talking about what it means to cultivate a life of prayer, how to be in constant conversation with God, which both of these women definitely are. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and I am here today with some lovely people. Let's have some introductions. Matt Reynolds. Heidi Reynolds. And Harriet Watson. Yay, we have guests on the podcast. Yeah, this is this is a monumental day for the Spirit and Truth Podcast. It is. One, I've always... Um, wanted to have my wife on the podcast she's not been so inclined uh to do it but somehow yesterday i convinced her to join us so welcome heidi thanks and we also have the illustrious harriet watson who happens to be our first british guest ever which makes me extremely happy also she's our friend and we love her and I was, she's a part of our lives me in off the street <laughs> thank you for adding that last part we just part. heard well, the accent and asked her to join us i like how the friendship part is like the postscript to the introduction it's not like and we know harriet <laughs> is a wonderful woman good friend wonderful mother wife you know a woman of god nope she's british it's all about the accent it can be both things <laughs> it can be a both and all right <laughs> Well, today we're obviously going to talk about England. Oh, wait, no. No, we're not. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, they, if we started right now, uh, Heidi is obsessed with all things British, so it would really go down a rabbit hole. So we're not going to do that. Okay. Instead, what we're going to talk about today is prayer as a way of life. Mm. And we were joking about why these two uh, ladies are with us today, but actually... The real reason is uh, they are both women who model prayer as a way of life in their own daily lives in a really beautiful way. Amen. Yes, I know this to be true. I've known Harriet for a number of years, and we have prayed together many times. And, yeah. And Heidi is, you're like the prayer journal queen. Well, <laughs> that might be true. I mean, Queen you just you see, you have it on record. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I feel like this is already it was a bad idea. Well, sir, <laughs> that's on you. No, uh, we've you know we've talked about prayer a lot on this podcast, um, but often we've talked about prayer ministry. Uh, we've done a number of podcasts on you know praying with people um, at the altar. We've done podcasts. Uh, your last podcast, you and Emma talked kind of about prophetic prayer prophetic and prayer. what you were hearing in prayer for this coming year. Uh, but today I thought, let's get just kind of even more just kind of in the nitty gritty of everyday life. How do we cultivate a life where we're just learning to live in God's presence all the time? Where we just learn to just stay in constant conversation with the Father and um, Heidi and Harriet, I, I know that's something that's important to you. And so maybe could you just start and just share a little bit? One, why, why do you care about prayer so much? And give us uh, just, a, just kind of your first, first take at what, what's something that has been important for you as you try to incorporate prayer into your own life? 
<laughs> Who wants to start? <laughs> well, I would say I will start. So okay. Heidi's looking at me. <laughs> Bless your cotton socks. <laughs> Prayer is of utmost importance to me. As I have navigated through life and faced difficulties and challenges, I wouldn't have got through them without prayer and without knowing that the Lord is with me. And through those challenges and difficult times, <clears throat> I realize that his presence is always there. And he's always there in the good times too. It's just in the difficult times, I need him more and I notice him more. But now I've started to realize that I always need to be turning my face towards his because mm. his face is always looking at me, is always present. And that changes everything for me because I know in any given moment I can turn to him in the good times and the bad times. When I'm speaking to a friend or a family member, we can focus on the Lord, come in prayer together, and the presence of God changes things. It makes a difference and uh, is everything. Amen. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I did not grow up in the church, and so I feel like sometimes I would hear people praying or I would uh, didn't have a very strong like introduction into what that uh, looked like, but I still, even before I would consider myself to have like made that full step into confessing my faith or asking Jesus into my heart or however you want to say it, um, I was speaking, I was asking God things. I was asking God for things or I would ask for protection for my family. I just feel like even as a young child, that was something that maybe it was God reaching out to me making it, making me aware that I could talk to him. Um, and then as I've gotten older, I just feel like more and more, it's almost like layers of me getting closer to him i mean he's always there just the awareness of different ways that you can pray and i just how many how gracious he is to give us like you called me the prayer journal queen queen that's one way that i feel best communicating to him if i can sit down and write out my thoughts because my days are so scattered a lot if i don't have that moment to sit down and write then my prayers really are like kind of scattered a lot of times um but just that intimacy is so huge. I mean, it's just the core part of my relationship with him. And just like I said, after like after I got into my relationship with him deeper, just learning how you can pray scripture, learning how you can pray a psalm, learning liturgies and different ways to pray have just been such a gift. Um, and then just you talked about, or I think your second question was, how do we cultivate? Life or yeah, that's yeah, sure. Um, yeah, again, it's just I think it's an intentional practice, like Harriet said. If you're always having that in mind, it's always available, and so just leaning into how he has called you into that relationship and the way that he's gifted you, whether it's writing or speaking or singing, um, you can cultivate those habits that make prayer just like second nature it's beautiful maggie i know prayer is uh really a, an anchor in your own life as well uh, we've talked about that on the podcast before but 
how did it happen in your life? How did prayer become transition from sort of an activity that you do to a way that you live? Because that's how I sense, actually, all three of you, something I really appreciate about all three of you who are here on this podcast today, that's the, that's the way I sense that you look at prayer. It's not like mm-hmm. I just, well, I sat down and I did my morning prayer. I checked that box, that sort of Christian activity box. At some point in your life, it became sort of just this lifestyle of conversation with the Lord. How did that transition happen for you? I don't think that I would have had language for this when it happened, but I have thought about that a lot actually. And so, and this is the language I have come up with to describe it. I think that as I became a more committed Christian, as I matured in faith, what I realized the the part of the task of Christianity is, or life with Jesus, is to live in a, in a space of sacrificial love. That does not come naturally to me. I mean, I, and I, I think scripture says it doesn't necessarily come naturally to anybody, but I mean, I, I am, I'm very prone to a very internal kind of in, in existence, very self-protective. So as I realized what was asked, being asked of me, I, it, it's, it can be very, very painful. <laughs> Like you can just be uncomfortable. And so what I realized is that the only thing that that anchored me in any kind of space of um, comfort or or sense of security was him. And that that's really the long and the short of it. Like loving people is is a lot of it's beautiful. It's also a lot of work. And it's a lot of work to constantly like temper your own impulses towards whether it's control, whether it's uh you know, wanting to remain hidden and unknown from people, whatever that is. It, it's it's a lot to give yourself to people and to say, "Lord, I entrust myself to you." not to human beings. So in Jesus says it, he knew that the heart, he knew the hearts of men. So he didn't entrust himself into their hands. He entrusted himself into the father. And in a, in doing so, he was able to be the sacrifice that saved all people. So, um, because we're called to be like him, I so that, that's, that's what the transition was. It was just realizing I will never, ever be able to do what is asked of me without just getting in his presence every day and so I think I figured that out when I you know as as Rob became um a pastor and I realized what it meant to live in a church in a community of faith and and all of that stuff I was like uh Lord (laughs) I am not cut out for this (laughs) so you know, I just, <laughs> I hadn't thought about this until this moment, but all three of you Are, have yep. been the wives of <laughs> pastors, people in full-time ministry. That's right. So maybe it's not a coincidence <laughs> that you were driven to prayer in you dang life. Skippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've joked before and I, I'm confident, you know, uh, David Watson has, you know, been a an important part of spirit and truth. And yeah. he's been on the podcast before Rob Ulmer has been on the podcast before. And Matt and Reynolds has been on the podcast before. <laughs> once or twice. Once or twice. Uh, you know, and I've said before, but I, and I think I would guess that both of them would say the same thing, but like, I don't think I would have 
made it this far in ministry if not for Heidi's prayer life um because that's been I mean genuinely it's been kind of like an anchor uh of our family um through all of the good stuff and all of the challenges and the traveling and the you know spiritual attacks and craziness and all of it it's like um I know that she's like just constantly turning to the Lord for our on behalf of our family, uh, for ministry, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd be sitting here now without that. Yes, that's true for every husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> the power of prayer. Power of prayer. You know, I, I would just say, um, my own conviction about prayer has really shifted over the years because when I was uh, earlier in my ministry, um. You know, I always been a kind of person I like to like, I like to see results. I like to get things accomplished, you know, and sometimes prayer, uh, most often prayer is, is a slow play. You know, it's not something that you get, you don't see the instant sort of gratification from it. And so I would say earlier in my Christian life, prayer I wouldn't have talked like this, but I lived like it was an afterthought, you know, like, it's just like, it's it's a nice thing that you do. Christians are supposed to pray. But as I got into ministry and I got more desperate, uh, things started to change and I started to just have this growing conviction. I remember, I don't, I don't know why this popped in my mind, but early on I was, I was pretty young as a pastor, but I was being asked to do a lot of things that I was kind of in over my head and and in one particular case I remember I was asked to be on this um, conference level team that was planning some training and things and we were talking about all these things that we were gonna we needed to train people to do that especially pastors and Mm -hmm. and I just I don't remember exactly what snapped but I just remember come to this place of conviction like yeah but all of these tasks that we're asking people to do or these skills that we're getting the, like, if we don't pray, what does it even matter? Like, if we don't actually have a, a constant communion with God, then all this stuff's going to fail anyways. And I just sort of just dropped this bomb in the midst of this meeting, like, yeah, I think we should not do any of that. Mm-hmm. And we should just focus on teaching people to get actually serious about prayer. And part of it was out of a conviction in my own life, realizing, like, that because I think that's what I need and and things have kind of been different since then I just that kind of changed something for me when I started to realize that and then when you go back and you read the scriptures it's it's so obvious I mean even Jesus himself is constantly like I mean he's God in flesh and he's constantly trying to get away to pray you know like his communion with the father is his sort of lifestyle of prayer is central to everything that he does and um so i just have this conviction and part of the reason i think we keep talking about prayer on the podcast is because in this season of christianity and in every season of christianity the only way to survive is to pray like it can't be an afterthought it can't be an add-on it can't be a nice little activity that you just sort of check a box it has to be um an anchor place it has to be a center point of of your life if you're going to if you're going to live as a Christian. I have a question. Yeah. So I'm wondering if um, I, Harriet or Heidi, 
Also, we have two H names, Harriet ninety. Sorry, I'm <laughs> and two M's. Maggie, Ooh, interesting. It's the, the Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I'm wondering if you know over the the course of your prayer lives, and especially with like keeping records and journals and things like that, are, are have there been moments where you've just said, "Okay, that was breakthrough. That is an answered prayer. Thank you, Lord." You know, and would you be willing to share any? testimonies or just or like what was that like when you first realized oh my gosh lord you're listening to me Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i feel like i don't i can't think of any one specific instance but i do feel that um especially when matt was pastoring at his first appointment there was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a dark time. But it was definitely a lonely time. And there, mm-hmm. it was a big shift in our family. Um, he had never, when he pastored before, we had been in, our, in my hometown. So there was a lot of new town. I wasn't around family or friends. Um, so there would be almost like, people would call them breath prayers. I would call them desperation prayers where mm-hmm. I was just outside of the sitting down and taking 20 minutes and you know going through a prayer list I would just be lonely and like almost throw up a Hail Mary to God like Mm -hmm. I I don't have friends here I don't have relationship or community here what does this look like here just almost like kind of just speaking to him and then the next day I would get a call from somebody at the church asking to go to coffee or you know I would see something about a new mom's group or I don't know it just there were a lot that season seems like a really rich time of when I would just like throw up these desires of my heart things that I knew were part of what should be part of the Christian life that I just wasn't experiencing at the time and then almost (laughs) surely within like a week I would get some sort of weird invitation or you know unexpected Mm -hmm. thing in the mail and I'd think and I really would think, oh my gosh, this is God. <laughs> like, even though I'm the pastor's wife, like, oh my gosh, he really heard when I said that. Yeah. But so it was just mm-hmm. a lot of confirmation too. I mean, there was a lot of times there where Matt was in school, he would be traveling. I was alone. Our son Nolan had a lot of health issues during that time that were weird. And I would be alone in a home with two little boys and just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this weekend. And then something would happen and it would like in my heart and my mind. And at the time it would be like a miracle, like, oh my gosh, I got through it. He's okay. Or, and it would always be God's provision. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, anybody manufacturing cause nobody would have known or seen exactly how I was feeling, but God. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I can definitely resonate with that. Um, I think I always knew there was, more but it takes you having less distractions and being alone in a solitary place in a um when we moved from dallas to dayton and david first got his first job here um i went from being full-time employed to being a stay-at-home mom and kind of like heidi mentioned you know you're alone you don't know anybody and you cultivate, you know, talking to the Lord. It's like journaling, reading the Bible, getting to know God. 
in realizing that he is really there and he is really working <laughs> on our behalf. And um, I could sense his presence. I could sense his presence in our home and uh, with mo worship music and in just, just everyday conversation with God, not um, getting on my knees and praying necessarily, just chatting as I'm walking around the home. Um, and the very profound way God spoke to me in those early days when I was learning about the power of prayer, um, I was pregnant with our second son and um, we had an early on scare that he may have soft markers for Down syndrome. And then I went for an upscale scan and they said 99.9% .9 he's absolutely healthy, don't even need to worry. And even though I had gone through that, I still felt like there was something different. And I would just go about my everyday, doing things around the house, taking care of our eldest son, Luke. And there was one particular day where I wasn't even thinking about that in particular, and I felt almost heard an audible voice uh, saying that if this child, if this boy has Down syndrome, it's going to be okay. And it completely took me off guard. <laughs> um, so when Sean was born, and he did end up being born with Down syndrome and a significant heart defect, I could go back to that place where God had spoken to me and I could be sure that God was with me and it was, it was going to be okay. Even though at the time it felt impossible, I knew that that's when God does his best work. Mm -hmm. When it's impossible for me, he, um, he takes the reins and things go much better. And that night in the hospital after he was first born, I have never felt the profound presence of God more than that night when I was all night I was praying and crying out to God basically but he met me in that place the Holy Spirit was present God was present and from there I have learned to to know for sure that God is with me and he is always there and and he he cares he cares about even the littlest things that we can turn to him and talk to him about he's always listening and we are never alone hmm. it's funny because we always say um you know if if a situation is impossible then we know we know god's going to be there and we say it almost sort of almost glibly you know like oh is that situation impossible then must be god working hmm. but um Sometimes that's not always true. Sometimes we're just being boneheaded humans. But there are real, real impossibilities, real things that are very too big for us. Mm -hmm. And he does meet us in those places. And I, I love that testimony. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to say, just as a person who's known you for a long time, I've witnessed you um, walk in the confidence and knowledge of that truth and reality. Mm-hmm. Many, Thank many you. times, yeah. Amen. What if, um, I wonder if we could, we could just share a few practical ways that we sort of incorporate prayer into our daily lives. Um, just, uh, you know, I know everyone's rhythms are different and different things work for different people, but as people of prayer, I would love to hear just what are some of the practical things that you've done just to keep prayer, you know, 
on the forefront in your life? I, um, I do journal prayer a lot. When I'm reading scripture, if something sticks out to me, a lot of times that will prompt prayer or um, I'll write it down and kind of just think about it through the day. And sometimes it's for me, sometimes it's for someone else. And if I feel like it's for somebody else, I will send them the scripture and then also pray for them. Um, Another thing I do that probably sounds a little weird, but it works is if I'm just completely overwhelmed, um, I will literally lay down in a dark room, not at work, but at home and set a timer for 10 minutes and deep breathe and um, just talk to God about what I'm feeling and what's going on. A lot of times, I mean, I would say that practice is not necessarily something where I'm I don't know how to explain it. It's more like God just meets me there and um, allows me to just express my own um, despair or whatever it is that I'm experiencing at the time, worry, or um, if someone has a health concern that I can't quite rationalize in my mind and I'm not, you know, obviously it's out, things are out of my control. Um, which they always are, but if I give that over to God, it's like he meets me in that moment and just gives me the peace and comfort I need to just face the situation with new eyes. So those are kind of the three main things. The other thing that I do that's kind of silly is I do my morning devotions um, pretty early and our boys are up and around and it can be kind of chaotic. So a lot of times in the car driving to work, I will just pray, just have it be silence and just talking to God. So um, those are kind of, I guess, the four main practices that I cultivate. (laughs) Amen. What about you, Harriet? Well, my favorite devotional book is Jesus Calling. So I usually start there if I don't have any other pressing ways that I feel the Lord speaking or calling. And from there, I look at the Bible verse in the Bible, and it will often take me to other Bible verses, and the Lord will kind of lead me to where he wants to focus on and where he wants me to to be praying for people. And, And from there, you know, the Lord will nudge me, you know, to send this particular verse to a friend or a family member and just to let them know that I'm praying for them or the Lord is present in their difficult situation um, worship music is another way that I just like to have on in in the background sometimes it's just in the background sometimes I'm in full-on worship <laughs> in my house which I just really feel the Lord's presence in that and I love that um, and then my favorite ways to commune with God is to be just sitting silently in his presence and to just feel his his presence and when you feel his presence nothing else matters Mm -hmm. every worry and concern disappears there is nothing more important than being in that time and place with him and it's like all time disappears Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that is my very favorite way to um to be with god and to commune with him Amen. 
Um, I think at this point, I've I've done different things at different seasons, but at this point, I think I I tend to do like a morning and evening. So before I get, sort of start my day, and then at the end of the day, I come back and I sort of will check in with the Lord and be like, "This is what we talked about this morning. This is what happened. Please explain." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like that every day, but some days. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I tend to do a morning and an evening. So first thing in the morning, last thing before I go to bed. And then um, I do, I, um, as you noted once, Matt, I'm an analyzer. I like to analyze. Like I think about a lot of things and there are sort of like positive things about that. And then there are, you know, pointless things about that. And so... Um, recently, I would say over the last four or five months, I've just spent a lot of concentrated time in adoration, just not really speaking to him about anything, but I have, um, a big old icon in my bedroom and I just put on worship music and I, I just make an offering of my devotion to the Lord. And, and that has, that feels very important recently even more important than any particular petition or whatever and because I think for me that adoration it just cultivates a sense of presence and it cultivates a sense of belonging like that I belong to him and Mm -hmm. and um and intimacy just deep deep intimacy so what about you Matt uh I've talked about this on the podcast before but I do like to journal um I don't journal every day, but I just, once or twice a week, uh, I like to write out the kind of things that I'm thinking about, which are usually what I'm praying about. And um, it helps me then because often I need to go back and read what I heard God saying um, to be reminded, or if I see uh, God, you know, show up in some faithful way that that becomes like like a testimony that I need to keep telling myself later and if I write it down it helps me I just periodically will go back and read earlier journal entries and um and sometimes the testimony is like oh man I was feeling terrible about this or that and now God has delivered me from that and so Sometimes it's reading a bad journal entry that's actually helpful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, But it's uh, keeping track of kind of where you're at and what's going on and what you're praying about helps me a lot. And sometimes writing it out helps me to really um, process that which I'm trying to talk to the Lord about. And so that's probably the main thing. I mean, I do use um, different scriptures and different... Uh, devotions and things at different times but um, really the journaling and and really just I think for the last number of years is just I do really try to just practice this sort of ongoing conversation it's just I have this ongoing internal dialogue with God that just sort of happens at this point just kind of naturally all throughout my day and I just just try to as long as I'm not completely self-absorbed or too distracted that really never goes away Mm -hmm. you know yeah Uh, I mean there are times when I get distracted and I kind of like that's that conversation is not as poignant but 
when I'm walking closely with him, then it's just kind of this constant internal dialogue. Amen. Well, this has been a lovely conversation. Yeah, we should have we should have Brits on the podcast more often. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would listen more often. I would yeah. listen. Just kidding. <laughs> Except she's not. Um um that's been our podcast for today you guys and um i when uh, why don't we just close with this like is i would just love to hear harry you mentioned uh jesus calling as one of your favorite devotional prayers resources um are there any others that stick out in your mind like i i realize like I, i'm always interested in this like any favorite book on prayer or devotion or heidi matt uh, it's not exi- well. Two, a couple things pop into my mind. Uh, the Imitation of Christ, Thomas Akempis, is not really a prayer book, but it leads me to pray mm-hmm. because of the stuff that's in there. And I'm not reading it right now, but I've gone through it multiple times over the years. Um, I just pick it up every, I don't know, probably once a year or every couple years. I just pick it up and use that as kind of a devotional place, and it leads me to pray. And um, Heidi just picked up a book off my shelf the other day that I haven't used for a couple of years, but it's called Celtic Daily Prayer. Oh, yeah. And uh, that has, at different seasons in my life, I'm not using that form right now. I've really appreciated that. I kind of like um, that. I don't use it all the time, but those kind of things that have some liturgy in it that kind of like can give me some structure actually gives me increased because I'm also an analyzer. Sometimes that gives me great freedom in prayer. Mm -hmm. Like even if I'm praying words that I'm not trying to think about, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I can really pray them because they're being provided. Yeah. You didn't have to come up with them. (laughs) And I can just sort of like be free to express that to the Lord. And so, yeah, that's a couple of things. My idea is like, 20 books going at any moment of like <laughs> praying for your kids, praying for your husband, you know, That's awesome. praying through the Bible in a year. Well, when she gets out to do her devotions in the morning, it's like a spread. Like a, this stack of who knows what journals, books. I don't, I don't really know what the system is. I just see the pile of things spread around her. I like to keep th- some things a mystery. Uh, my two favorite oh my devotionals off the top of my head are K- Tori Kinboom, uh, oh, Each Boom. New Day. It's very quick devotionals. Um, and I haven't done it in a year or two. I used to do it. Like, that was my thing I did literally every year. And I don't think there is a scripture tie-in other than she will say, in Isaiah 4, it says blah, blah, blah. But there isn't, like, a reading plan that goes with it. But mm-hmm. I always felt very... Uh, filled by that and it always gave me a lot of great prompts um, the other one I just finished at the beginning of, or at the end of last year was praying for your kids in a year and it is a bible reading plan and with prompts to pray for your children and I really enjoyed that That's um, beautiful yeah so those are my two favorite Harry do you have any other ones I was trying to think Corrie Tempoom is a good one um, off the top of my head, Jesus calling is always the first choice. I know I've seen I've you have talked about that so many times <laughs> over the years. I love it. Um, 
Yeah. It's funny. I was never a big devotional person, but I found a devotion, a devotional book that I really liked. And then it convicts me so often that I, sometimes I finish it and I'm like, whatever. It's, um, it's called my utmost for his highest. It's Oswald Chambers. And so that yeah, one's a good one. Favorite, I think, oh too. gosh. I read that and I'm like, well, am I a Christian? I don't know. <laughs> that has been our podcast for today you guys thank you so much for listening please remember to hit that subscribe button and share this episode with a friend and uh, we'll come back to you in the next conversation bye